Hey everyone, this is Pamelia Chia and you're listening to the Singapore Noodles Podcast, your go-to destination to learn about Singaporean food. So I hope that everyone had a good Christmas break. Um, I had lots of fun cooking and soaking up the sun. Um, so we did like a roast lamb shoulder with some um, some roasted veggies like potatoes and carrots. We served that with some minted peas and also some Yorkshire puddings. And then for dessert, we had this really lovely um, blackberry cobbler. And so the past few days were just, you know, taking a step back and relaxing. And so it's really nice to come back on the podcast um, to do a final episode for the year. So today's podcast episode is a bit different. Um, It's probably a little bit more reflective and it's basically kind of recapping the year that has passed. And I'll also answer a few of your questions and also share about my plans for the next year. So I've received some questions uh, via Instagram. And so the first question is, how do you find people to feature on your podcast? I basically contact people whom I feel personally interested in. So sometimes it might be a story that I come across via like some news channels or maybe it's a media website. Other times I know them because, you know, I might have Uh, come across them or met them before but sometimes it's just you know people sharing about the things that they ate or you know this new restaurant that they've been to or this new home-based business that they really love and I will basically send the person a cold email asking if they would be interested to come on the podcast to share their story and so far you know almost everyone that I've come across or messaged have been really lovely Um, and they've all been really generous with their stories and in sharing their perspectives which can be really honest sometimes which is exactly what I'm looking for because I really love having those unfiltered conversations. So the second question is how long does it take for you to prepare, record, edit and upload a podcast? So preparation, okay so this is my, my work process what I would do is, first of all, I'll reach out to the person and ask if they are interested to come on the podcast. And once they say yes, then I'll start reading up about them. I'll start, you know, really digging into their interviews, um, maybe some videos that they have done or, or that they have been featured in. Sometimes the people that I reach out to, they might not have a strong media presence. And so that is when I go through their Instagram accounts like a stalker, basically reading their captions, um, getting a sense of their perspective on things. And then from there, I craft about 10 questions. At first, when I was starting out as a podcaster, um, I basically almost quite religiously followed the questions uh, that I crafted during the interview, um, you know, because back then I really had no experience with um, interviewing people or doing a podcast. And I felt that I crafted the questions in a, in a way that really flowed very nicely. Um, but, you know, sometimes in, in people's responses, they might say things that I hadn't anticipated or, or that, you know, completely throws off the line of questioning in a way. Um, and so in those moments, it was a learning curve for me to not stick to the kind of uh, scripted questions, um, but to really go with the flow and have a real conversation. 
So most of the time, people send me really lovely things about the podcast, but there was once when I received really honest feedback, which I absolutely love because it's so hard to get honest advice or feedback these days, Um, you know, because everyone is so polite and so nice and so supportive. But, you know, this person really um, gave me some really constructive feedback, which helped me a lot, um, basically telling me that I should just go with the flow and, um, you know, not stick to the questions that I had prepared. And I feel that that really improved the quality of um, the podcast episodes that I hosted after that. So the thing about recording a podcast interview, so um, in the past, it would go up to like three hours just because some guests, they are very opinionated about things. And that is great because it gives me a lot of content to work with. It's better to have uh, a more meaty response than, you know, uh, basically than, you know, just a one liner. It's really hard for me to uh, get things out of people if they are not expressive through words. Um, so, you know, in the beginning phases, I would have interviews that would run up to three hours just because I wanted to give them room to really express themselves. Um, but then after a while, it just became really time consuming to edit. Um, because when, when I edit the podcast, I'm basically listening to the entire interview again. And it sometimes takes double the amount of time for me to edit it because I had to basically cut out the parts that were a bit rambly or maybe the parts where um, the person was veering off topic into something that was unrelated to Singaporean food. So I really had to think about what listeners would be uh, interested in basically putting myself in the shoes of them and and sifting out um, what is interesting to people and what might not be. Um, But now what I generally do is when I reach out to my podcast guests, I will let them know that, oh, this will take maybe 30 minutes to one hour of your time. So I feel that that basically primes them for how long the interview is going to be. Because as someone who has also been for interviews, um, basically like radio interviews, um, I think it's really good to have an understanding of how long uh, your responses are expected to be. For example, for for some radio interviews that I've done, it's very like chop-chop. So basically the person asks you a question and you just answer in basically a short paragraph. I mean, they're not really looking for really in-depth uh, thorough answer because they're working within a time frame as well. So I felt that that was... Uh, something that really benefited me and my guests, uh, the fact that I, I communicated what um, the expectations were in terms of how long the conversation was going to be. So the entire process, it takes maybe uh, half an hour to craft questions, one hour of recording time. Editing can go up to about two, three hours. The editing and uploading process go hand in hand. So while I edit my podcast, I normally start writing the the code, start writing all the all the highlights of the episode and uploading just takes minutes. The next question is how do you stay inspired in the kitchen to keep cooking and keep trying new recipes? So I really love this question because uh, I feel that it's a very intentional process. You know, people always feel that once you're passionate about something, you know, you would automatically do it and there's no inertia whatsoever. Um, When I was growing up, I, I had always been really passionate about um, cooking and about food. 
But I guess my approach then to cooking was quite scattered in that I'll only do it when I feel not lazy or when I really feel like it. I guess I only got really intentional when I was uh, in uni. Um, because back then, I remember having a meal with my then-boyfriend, now-husband, uh, Wex. And he basically was just casually asking, um, what what do you hope to do in this life? Or, you know, what are your plans for the future? And, you know, over bowls of fish noodle soup, I was telling him that I really want to have a cafe or a restaurant. You know, that romantic ideal you know, I told him I really wanted a place where I knew all my patrons' names um, by heart, uh, was able to be the cook and serve them at the same time and be the business owner. Um, and so Wax was telling me, um, if that's really what you want, then um, I think you should be a little bit more intentional with honing your craft. So that's when I started Sunday lunches at my place. So every Sunday I would cook. Uh, a full-blown meal for my family um, so when I say full-blown it means that um, you know it was either like a three-course kind of meal I mean it wouldn't be courses but it was just like uh, maybe a main dish and then a side dish and a dessert or it would be you know a more elaborate meal than what we normally ate and these dishes would be from the cookbooks that I loved or from things that I saw on social media. And so to have that mindset of, okay, every single week I'm going to cook something special, uh, it just helped me stay motivated and stay inspired because all throughout the week I'll be thinking about, oh, what am I going to cook this Sunday? Um, you know, what are some uh, techniques that I want to learn? Um, and then after that, as I started being a more active user on Instagram, I think it really did help because um, I would follow people within the industry or people or, or restaurants that I really love. And uh, every time they posted food that looked really delicious, I would save it in a folder. That Instagram folder would be my motivation um, in that sometimes when uh, I'm planning what to buy uh, from the supermarket for the week, Sometimes I would scroll through that and just pick out what, what speaks to me or like what really inspires me. Uh, same goes for when I'm planning a dinner party for friends. I will go through that Instagram folder and see which dishes work together. But I think one thing that dramatically improved my cooking was the fact that um, I transitioned from like a single woman to like a married woman. Um, you know, as passionate as you are, I think as someone who is not the primary cook at home, um, you know, you can be passionate, but it doesn't train you to think the way a person who cooks for the family would. Um, so for example, when I was cooking those Sunday lunches, it was just, okay, um, on Sunday, I'll cook this really amazing meal for my family and that's it. But I think being a married woman and having to cook every day uh, or, or being the one who has the responsibility of putting food on the table every day, um, you know, it helps me think about, okay, how can I repurpose these leftovers or these meal scraps into something that we can eat for dinner today? Or, you know, you start thinking of meals um, as a more cohesive whole. What are some meals that use the same kind of ingredients that I can buy this week? And I think what that teaches you is the idea that cooking is basically a way to really ex exercise your creativity and resourcefulness. So for example, so now in my household, uh, Wex and I generally just eat one whole chicken per week. 
um, so I will think of ways to maximize the use out of one chicken. So for example, for one meal, we would eat one leg each. You know, maybe it would be like a roasted um, chicken leg. Um, and then another day, we would, it would be maybe the breasts that I would velvet and do a stir fry. Um, and then maybe uh, with the carcass, I would pressure cook it to make soup. And that would be like another meal. And then the leftover meat from the carcass, I would shred and maybe that would go into a sandwich. So I feel that when you actually cook every single day, it improves your cooking like no other. So the last question that I'll be answering on this episode is, when do you think your next cookbook will be released? I'm so excited for it. So I'm so thankful that you are excited um, about the cookbook. Um, I'm very excited myself because this cookbook has been a long time in the making. So basically it will be a cookbook on making vegetables delicious from an Asian perspective. And it's an idea that I've had for years, um, literally years, because right after writing my very first cookbook, which is Wet Market to Table, I had the idea to write this book because um, back when Wet Market to Table was released, I was living in Australia. And I think that was the very same year that the Australian bushfires happened and uh, for the first time, I was able to see the impact of climate change um, up close because I had colleagues who were impacted by the fires and, you know, their families having to um, evacuate. Um, and so I was, you know, in my personal life, Wex and I, we were trying to cut down on our meat intake and eat more vegetables. And it wasn't the easiest thing because I couldn't find any resources out there about how to make vegetables um, delicious from an Asian perspective. You know, it was always um, books written about, say, salads or grain bowls um, or pastas. And I mean, that doesn't really reflect the way I eat or the food that I, I love eating at home. Um, and, and also, I felt that it was kind of ironic that... Asian food was excluded from from the picture because in a lot of Asian countries, we do have a very deep history of um, centering our meals on plant-based foods like tofu or vegetables. And the topic really meant so much to me that I felt a lot of pressure to, to work with the right people or to like do it properly in a way. So I couldn't decide whether I, I would publish again with the same publishing house or should I look for an international publisher or should I self-publish who should I collaborate with so I so I did up like a proposal and it was just sitting in my computer for the longest time and then this year it felt like the right time and I feel like I also found the right collaborator to work on this project with me so answering the question when do I think the book will be released um, I'm hoping that it can be released um, end of next year, um, probably in um, October or November 2022, so that people can gift it as gifts for Christmas. Otherwise, I'm also thinking about August 2023. So, you know, we'll see how the process goes because I've never self-published a cookbook before. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for asking this question. I really appreciate it. So that's all for this week's episode. I just wanted to take this time to thank all of you who have been such wonderful listeners of this of this podcast. And, um, you know, for those of you who actually took time out to send me a message about 
um, how you've been enjoying this podcast, that you've been sharing it with your family and friends, or you know that that it has sparked conversations and discussions in your own homes or with friends. And also on a wider level, I just want to thank um, especially the members who have signed up for Singapore Noodles. Um, this year marked the year that it shifted to a membership model. Honestly, I was expecting a lot of backlash. I was expecting a lot of people who might be unhappy that you know what was previously free now has a price tag on it. But I felt that it was the right thing to do and the support and the words of encouragement have you know really bowled me over i was pretty surprised that everyone has been so lovely about it and i'm so glad that i'm able to meet some of you through um, the virtual member cook-alongs every month and also meet some of you in real life because some of you actually moved or came to melbourne and we got to meet up so that was really lovely um, in the next year on the newsletter i hope to feature our members because I feel that so many of you are living such interesting lives um, and so I would love to feature your stories as well and your journeys of how how did you get interested in Singaporean food you know what what was that spark for you and what was what were some of your memories growing up and you know your perspectives on Singaporean food so that will be for the newsletter if you have not signed up you can do so at sgpnoodles.substack.com So that's all I have for you for the final episode of the year. Stay safe and well, and I'll catch you next year.